What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another exciting edition of Taylor Bay Sports with Kevin Taylor. It's great to have you on a Thanksgiving weekend, yes. And, um, you know, I've been doing this show, of course, since 2011. I took a little hiatus, but this is the first since 2011, you know, since Taylor Bay Sports with Kevin Taylor has been on blogtalkradio.com that I've done a show over the Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, you know, so it's a first. So, hey, thank you so much for joining me this weekend. We're going to have a lot of sports information to pass along to you. But first, hopefully everyone had a great Thanksgiving. I know I did. Uh, hopefully you did not eat a lot, but something tells me that probably a lot of people <laughs> took home if they ate somewhere else. Maybe a plate or two, possibly three. I don't know. But at the same time, hopefully you had a great Thanksgiving, spent it with family friends, ones you love, and so forth. For those of you that did have to work, hey, you know, be thankful that you have a job to go to because, you know, it's a lot of uncertainty still in the job market, but uh, that's a lot to be thankful for in itself. And for all of those who are participating on Black Friday, you know, you don't want to spend all your money. That's just a piece of advice. But, hey, you know, I know a lot of people out there uh, on this Friday as we record this program spending a lot of money and uh, having fun doing it. <laughs> just probably have some wives, and uh, if you see if you see a man out there who has a uh, look on his face like I really don't want to be here, I'd rather be at home watching college football. They've been out all day, yeah, you know. So you know it is not of their own doing. Just putting it like that. See, when, when you're not married, you know you can talk about that. But then again, you know I guess I shouldn't talk too much. <laughs> Hey, it can happen to me one day, right? <laughs> All right, Taylor Sports with Kevin Taylor. Thank you so much for being a part of the program. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun on the program. as It's a Thanksgiving weekend edition of the show. Make sure that you check out Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under Kevin Taylor 98 and that's where you'll be able to find me and everything that happens with Taylor Made Sports with Kevin Taylor. Also on this program, you will hear comments from the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, Dan Quinn, the quarterback Matt Ryan, as well as Atlanta Hawks head coach Mike Boonholzer. As I was able to uh, have post-game comments from the Atlanta Falcons game recently against the Indianapolis Colts, where that was a disappointing game, i got to tell you. Uh, you know, I was at the game, and uh, the Falcons really had the game, to me, uh, in hand. Uh, you know, they led 21-7, to and the Indianapolis did not come out. They did not look like a sharp team. The Falcons were still trying to run the ball, even after Devontae Freeman went out of the game with a concussion, but uh, just did not did not work uh, very well. Um, of course, uh, Julio Jones was targeted. He's your playmaker. You know, you're going to get him a lot of targets, a lot of passes thrown to. And, uh, but Matt Ryan is... is a lot have been a lot has been made by Matt Ryan, and and here's my take on Matt. Uh, this is his third offensive coordinator. It's not like Matt cannot adjust 
to the offensive coordinator because he's had three. But some of the play calling, yes, has been suspect. But just like the situation when Quail Jackson scored on the pick six touchdown from six yards out. You know, common football sense tells you to run the football, but the Falcons were throwing there. Maybe he saw something. Maybe Shanahan was trying to maybe catch the, de- the defense off guard for the Colts, but it just didn't work. It backfired on him. You know, but a lot of second-guessing, I think, has been made of Mac, uh, uh, Kyle Shanahan as well as Matt Ryan. But at the same time, this team is still in the playoff mix. So they've got to get it together. Matt Ryan says he's fine physically. And so the fans are wondering, like, what's with the kind of the step back here? You know, so it's it's very mind-boggling, very mind-boggling. But um, I, I think they're going to get it together this week against Minnesota. Minnesota is now in first place in the NFC North after the Chicago Bears beat the Green Bay Packers on Thanksgiving night, 17-13. So Adrian Peterson, Teddy Bridgewater, and company Mike Wallace will be in town on Sunday, 1 o'clock, at the Georgia Dome for the Atlanta Falcons versus the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, that's going to be an important game. It's going to be a very important game because the Falcons are battling still for that fifth playoff spot. And the Vikings are battling to keep Green Bay at bay. You know, because Green Bay is struggling, but you don't hear the amount of multitude right now as it would be for, you know, here in Atlanta. Because Aaron Rodgers has won Super Bowls. He told the fans to relax last year, and that seemed to have worked. This year, it's a little bit different story. So I think the Falcons will be fine. It's just that they don't have a continuity in the offensive line. We, we see that. They don't. The defense has stepped up mightily. They're number one against the rush, which is phenomenal. I mean, I don't think anyone really projected this team to be number one against the run. And, of course, you've got a premier running back coming into Atlanta this coming Sunday in Adrian Peterson. So it's going to be interesting to see if Teddy Bridgewater, if everything is on him, or they mix it up. But the Falcons are still in the playoff hunt. Uh, they're sixth in the conference right now uh, behind Green Bay, who has now dropped to fifth. But uh, the Vikings are still playing very good football. Um, you know, the Falcons have had their fair share of injuries, just like any team, but they're still putting games together solidly on the defensive side of the ball. Now, my only my only concern on that is the pass rush. Uh, you know, you can blitz, you can hurry the passer, but if you're not getting to the quarterback, which they only sacked Matt Hasselbeck twice last week, was a concern. It was a concern. Uh, You did stop the run pretty well. You did stop the run. But Matt Hasselbeck, 40 years old, should not have beaten the Falcons. The Falcons beat themselves. I'm just going to be honest with you. The defense did their part. They did. But except for one drive in the third quarter, where penalties actually hurt the Falcons. Penalties extended the drive, and that led to the score being 21-14. And, of course, then the pick six by DeQuell Jackson made the score 21-21. And then, you know, Adam Vinatieri, who's basically automatic, kicks a field going in the fourth quarter to seal the win 24-21. And uh, the Falcons, I think, this team easily, easily could be 8-2. Or even nine and one. 
Because the teams that you lost to basically basically have been under 500. Under 500. You barely sneaked by Tennessee. You barely sneaked by Washington. And those two teams right there were under 500 as well. And But we kind of started to see the beginning, I wouldn't say of a collapse, but a downward progression. I think Dan Quinn is a guy who he'll get results. Uh, they'll keep keep at it until they get the proper results. Now, you have to also keep this in mind. The Falcons have not played Carolina at all. Carolina is now 11-0 and after their thumping of Dallas on Thanksgiving Day. But they have not played Carolina yet. And the estimation is no one really sees Carolina being stopped by anyone. But I don't think that's the case. Dan Quinn was the defensive coordinator in Seattle when Seattle knocked Carolina out of the playoffs. So I really don't see where the Falcons would kind of take a step back and not win against Carolina. Not saying they would win both games, but at least one. Then you have another game that they have not played, the rematch against Tampa Bay. And then also you have the, of course, the rematch against the Saints. You have Jacksonville in between there as well, and now you have Minnesota. So now is the time that the Falcons really have to get that push at the end of November going into December. They really have got to get that push. Really have to get that push because you're playing teams that are really going to be battling for playoff positioning. Um, let me let me show you what I mean. You've got, like I said, Minnesota is now first in the NFC North. They're going to try to keep that position. You've got Jacksonville at four and six, who's not really playing like a four and six team right now. And they still have a shot of the AFC South division. They do because it's a weak division. Uh, you've got Carolina, like I said, twice playing phenomenal football. Then you have Tampa Bay. And then after that, you've got uh, you, you come home against Carolina again as well as uh, New Orleans. So New Orleans is the only team really – that I would say that you probably could count out of the mix. Now, that's the only team that I probably could say you could count out. I, I don't see New Orleans going anywhere. They've already fired the defensive coordinator, Rob Ryan. Uh, that team might as well, you know, just get ready for next season. But last Sunday was a, was a disappointing loss at so many levels. And I'm pretty sure that the Falcons really thought they had that game won, but they lose it in the fourth quarter on a uh, basically a turnover. And Dan Quinn has always talked about taking care of the football. Now, Dan Quinn addressed the media, of course, in his press conference after the game, and here's his comments about what happened against Indianapolis. The finish is such an important part of our uh, messaging in our program. Uh, so for us to have that you know, come down, we had the lead, not be able to answer, uh, that's when it's hard. Our philosophy is about the football, and uh, I thought defensively forcing some of those today was a significant improvement in terms of the way we want to go attack it. Uh, we didn't get any points off those turnovers today, and I think that was a real factor in it. Um, that will uh, open up. We want to give credit to Indy. thought they played you know, tough, hard in those games, just exactly like we thought going in. 
and uh, thought it would be tough and come down at the end. It certainly did. I think uh, the turnovers were the real factor. You know, that believe two of them in the second half were on the first play of the drive as well. And uh, you can imagine how that can, you know, turn it away when you get one one play for, a, you know, an entire series. So that was a significant factor for sure. But Well, when we went through the bye, I thought we came back, had a good week of practice. And uh, I thought that would enable us to, to be at our to play well. And there's a lot of things that we did do well. Uh, for us, it is about the football. So can we improve in that area? Absolutely we can. We've got a really tight group. We've got a close locker room. And uh, we know we'll work like crazy to find the best matchups and the best ways for the guys to be at their best. And I really do believe that I think Dan Quinn can't get the best out of the guys that he has in the Falcons locker room every single week, week in, week out for sure. Now, here's quarterback Matt Ryan and his assessment about what happened in last week's game against Indianapolis. It looks like we're having a little bit of technical uh, difficulties here with Matt Ryan. Let's try this again now with Matt Ryan and his comments. Okay, we had a little bit of technical trouble with uh, Matt Ryan there. But uh, basically, um, Matt Ryan, uh, he uh, basically said he had to do a better job of, uh, you know, making better decisions, obviously, with, uh, you know, in that process of not turning the ball over in key situations. Um, of course, we already knew that, but at the same time, you know, it just comes down to execution. And if you're able to execute, you're fine. You know, you you have nothing to be really concerned with. But at the same time, this team cannot afford to give away games in the latter stages. And like how Dan Quinn has mentioned, you've got to protect the football, and you've got to play smart with limiting your penalties, and I think they've done that. And this game is going to be a tough battle this coming Sunday, but if I had to choose between the team to go with, I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons. They're at home. They have pride. They want to come out and win. They want to stop this three-game losing streak that they're on. And to stop that three-game losing streak, the defense continues to play aggressively against the run, and I think they do step up in the passing game against Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, now, the Minnesota offensive line, uh, we'll see if they can get any sacks against uh, Minnesota, but you've got a, a guy who can move around in the pocket and Teddy Bridgewater. He can run around, he can move around, extend plays. So we'll see if that secondary will be up for the task. But I think it's going to be a close game, but I think the Falcons pull it out. It's Taylor Mays Forest with Kevin Taylor. Thank you so much for being a part of this program on this Thanksgiving weekend, having a great time with you, and thank you so much for hanging out with me. And, of course, this is a great weekend for college football, yes, especially if you're in the state of Georgia, you know, because we have so much, so much college football going on. And uh, I think that, you know, when you have a, a, a in-state rivalry like Georgia and Georgia Tech, it is it is just everything goes out the window, records, everything. It's just like whoever wins this game, basically, like they say, runs the state. And... Georgia comes into this game. They, they're coming to Atlanta. They come into this game eight and three. Uncertainty by their head coach. A lot of criticism has been made for key games, but this team basically is on the verge of winning nine games. And if they win their bowl game, ten games. But of course, you want to win ten regular season games, obviously. But at the same time, this team could still be on the verge of winning ten games. But uh, Georgia comes into this game at eight and three. Georgia Tech, no uh, different story. Three and eight. They're running bowl games. Their streak is done. 
And uh, kickoff is at 12 noon at Bobby Dodd Stadium in Atlanta on ESPN2. And, of course, everybody knows I'm a Georgia Tech fan, and Georgia Tech is not doing very well this year. Injuries, young guys playing. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I think Georgia wins this game. Sorry, Tech fans. I think Georgia wins this game um, because they're not only playing for state pride, but they're playing for Mark Rick, their coach. You can tell that. Uh, You know, a lot of – uh, situations have occurred this year, but this team has never given up. Both teams have never given up. Uh, you know, the Jackets, they won their first game over Georgia since 2008, last season. And, of course, that left a bad taste in the Bulldogs' mouth. It really did. So I think the Bulldogs will come out in this game and just attack, 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 attack. And it brought some bitter memories of Georgia Tech tearing up the hedges after last year's 30-24 to overtime win in Athens. To a lot of players, it did that. And uh, Georgia, like I said, is 8-3, and three, um, but having a disappointing season. Georgia was picked to win the SEC Eastern Division, but, of course, they're not going to do that. Tech was expected to repeat as the ACC Coastal Division champion, but obviously they're not going to do that. Um... Tech fell from first in their division to worst in their division, and they have a 1-7 ACC record. They had a consecutive bowl streak, consecutive bowl streak of 18 seasons. That's not going to happen. It's not. Uh, Paul Johnson, I don't know if you can say he's on the hot seat. It's, 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 it's a mild seat. Uh, I think it was kind of getting him by. Is that, like I said, you got young players and some injuries that occurred. So, of course, obviously he's going to be back next season. Uh, but he, he said in a press conference that this is his second losing season, I think 19 years of coaching, which is phenomenal, considering that you basically play the same style of offense. But at the same time, he is still going to do what he has to do to get everything right to be back on track next season for sure. Tech lost in Miami or rainy Miami last Saturday. And it was a, it was a shot of Paul Johnson looking as if when will this season come to an end? I mean Miami of all teams, just almost dominating uh, Tech. Of course, Justin Justin Thompson went out. Thomas went out, but at the same time, uh, you still got to take care of business. You you want to finish the season on a strong note. Uh, Paul Johnson, of course, is not on much of a hot seat as much as Mark Richter is. But uh, Johnson did acknowledge that he had no answers following last week's 38-21 to loss against Miami in Miami. Uh, but he did suggest that injuries and, uh, you know, some other things were a lot to overcome. But it, it, it is tough. It is tough. I recently spoke with Joe Hamilton in an interview he said, you know, breaks were a lot to do with it. You know, when a team doesn't get breaks, that's agreeable. When you don't get the breaks, your team is not going to do well because you're not getting calls, you're not getting breaks, you're not getting the breaks that you would want to in key to situations. But, hey, you know, what can you say? you got to still play through it. Like I said, Georgia – Finish with his second straight team win season by beating the Yellow Jackets and winning a bowl game. But even so, some of Georgia fans remain 
quite vocal. Uh, you know, they still won the SEC championship. The first in 10 years, since 2005, and the first since 1980. Georgia has not won it all in 25 years. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, 35 years. Uh, but now, beating Georgia Tech, of course, let's get back to Mark Richt. That may prove to be a still a a, a, a security for Mark Rick. So I, I think Mark Rick is coming back. I, I've said that before. I think he's coming back. I, I don't think, you know, this is going to be a situation where you lose to Georgia Tech, you're still not coming back. I, I think he still will. I think he has the res- respect of the of the um uh of, of the board of the athletic department. Uh not sure about the boosters, but at the same time I think you still has, I think he still has enough support to be able to get back uh and to have another season. And of course, you know, there's been a lot made about his recruits. Uh if I'm not mistaken, Jacob East uh um Eason coming in and playing quarterback. Uh it's supposed to be highly highly touted quarterback, very highly touted. Uh, so we'll see if he can ride the ship uh, in, in an offensive way, but that remains to be seen. But you don't want to put a lot of pressure on the incoming freshman. But uh, that's what basically is being put out here, that Mark Rick has a very good uh, recruiting class that's coming in, and they can uh, really play phenomenally once they get settled, once they get used to each other, and once they get some experience. So that remains to be seen. So we'll see. Uh, Georgia Tech quarterback Justin Thomas left the Miami game with what the team said was an upper body injury, but he did practice earlier earlier in the week and he was expected to play. Uh, freshman Matthew Jordan struggled while filling in for Thomas, and uh, Georgia Tech lost two of nine fumbles. Two of nine. You know, I guess you could just say the ball was just too wet because of the playing conditions, but hey, still got to hold on to the football, right? Uh, Jordan had six fumbles and threw an interception. So, um, you know, but like I said, uh, Justin Thomas is expected to play at the quarterback position for Tech. Uh, Sonny Michelle took over as Georgia's starting tailback following Nick Chubb's season-ending knee injury uh, against Tennessee. Michelle ran for 132 yards, including a game-winning touchdown in last week's 23-17 overtime win against Georgia Southern. That left him with 927 yards rushing and a chance to reach 1,000 on Saturday. So uh, we'll see if Sonny Michelle can get that. Um now, here's the thing from last Saturday's game uh, with Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern provided a different, you know, kind of a attack uh, or, or angle from Georgia Tech spread option offense. Uh, now, Mark Rick said the offenses are very different, but still provided his defense a chance to practice the fundamentals of assignment football. Now, Georgia held the Eagles to 233 yards rushing, well below their average of 379, which, of course, led the nation. So, um Another thing has been mentioned about uh, Paul Johnson and his assistants. Maybe he to uh, make some staff changes, but uh, he said they didn't. Uh, he'll actually review his assistants following the season, and he said that they didn't forget how to coach overnight. Now everybody is accountable. Yeah, I'm ultimately accountable, and everybody is accountable for their position. So he's going to evaluate just like the players, the coaches, at the end of the season. So um, another key point to mention is Georgia head coach Mark Richt. Georgia's 12-2 and against Georgia Tech, including 7-0 and in Atlanta at Bobby Dodd Stadium. So um, not just because of that record, but I give the 
the edge here to Georgia to win this game coming up on Saturday. Again, kickoff is at 12 noon, Bobby Dodd Stadium in Atlanta for Georgia, Georgia Tech. All right, some other key games, uh, you know, to kind of think about here as we go into the weekend. Uh, you got Ohio State-Michigan. That's a good rivalry game there. That's at 12 noon uh, in uh, Ann Arbor. You've got Clemson playing South Carolina in Columbia. That also is a kickoff at 12 noon. you got Colorado taking on Utah. Uh, that game will be at 2.30. And uh, then you have, let's see, North Carolina and NC State at 3.30 Saturday. You got Northwestern, who's number 16 in the country. They're, they're taking on Illinois. You got Penn State. Uh, well, that game with Northwestern and Illinois is at 3:30. Just as North Carolina, North Carolina State. Uh, Penn State playing Michigan State is going to be at 3:30 as well on Saturday. The big battle in the West. You've got number 22 UCLA taking on USC at 3:30 on Saturday. And of course, the big game here in the Southeast. You got Alabama taking on Auburn in Auburn on Saturday at 3:30. As well, Mississippi taking on Mississippi State. That's uh, 18th ranked Mississippi and 21, 21st ranked Mississippi State. That will kick off at 7 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. And uh, you've got uh, Notre Dame and Stanford on Saturday night at 7:30 as well. You've got Florida State taking on Florida. Uh, that's a battle of number 13 Florida State, number 12 Florida at 7:30 on Saturday. And then you've got Oklahoma taking on Oklahoma State. Oklahoma is number three in the country. Oklahoma State is 11th, and uh, that game will be at 7.30 as well on Saturday. So you've got uh, some great games uh, here as we close out the regular season coming up in college football. So I think, uh, you know, you, you're going to have some key matchups, um, key previews, I think, of uh, some good positioning with uh, conference uh, games coming into play uh, for uh, champion, conference championships and you know, it's just just some just some great battles, great battles, and that's what you want this time of year. You know, you kind of like in the NFL, you you want those rivalry games, you want those conference games, you you don't want a, a, a out of division game. You know, you want to be able to get some good competition going into whatever championship game you may have, or you know, that could depend on your uh, your conference. You know, so. I think these are some good games here coming up. And a recap of that uh, Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game, Oklahoma's number three, Oklahoma State's number 11, and that kickoff will be at 8 p.m. on Saturday. So make sure you check out one of those games, and uh, you're going to have a good time doing so as well. All right, uh, the Atlanta Hawks, they're somewhat on a, I guess you could say, downside too. Whoa, they're They've only won four out of their last ten. They're ten and seven on the regular season, and uh, they'll be in Memphis tonight, Friday, November twenty seventh, taking on the Grizzlies, who are nine and seven. But they're six and four in their last ten games, and they're tough to beat at home. They're five and two. Uh, Hawks are six and three at home, four and four away from Phillips Arena. But uh, this is a game that you know early on in the season the Hawks really need to win. They really do. Um, you know, the Hawks have struggled here a little bit. Uh, the Hawks won 8 of 10 out of the gate, but, um, you know, they've, they've stumbled a little bit. Uh, uh, five losses in seven games, including a 99-95 defeat at Minnesota on Wednesday, and uh, that starts a three-game road trip with Minnesota, Minnesota, Memphis, and then you go to 
San Antonio, yeah, on Saturday. And then you come home and play Oklahoma City. How about that? Now, on Wednesday, Paul Millsap finished with 22 points, 10 rebounds against the Timberwolves, and Jeff Teague scored 22 points. But the Hawks dropped their fourth straight on the road. And uh, the Hawks really have to step it up here if they run, want to be taken seriously here in the Eastern Conference. And, of course, that was a back-to-back game. But the night before, they took care of business against Boston. You know, Boston was in town on uh, uh, Tuesday night. And... Uh, it was a great turnout, great uh, atmosphere for Dikembe Mutombo. As his number 55 jersey was retired and a very festive event. And uh, Mayor Kasim Reed was there. Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, was there. And uh, it was a great time. Steve Smith was there at the game as well. And um, uh, good all around. And, of course, Dikembe Mutombo is now in the NBA Hall of Fame. And uh, great to see uh, people supporting uh, the Kimbe Mutombo, as well as the Atlanta Hawks, and um, you know, I, I'm I'm glad that the Hawks are recognizing this as well. But hopefully, they can get some other uh, lifelong Hawks or almost lifelong Hawks, um, you know, numbers retired as well. You know, so but we'll we'll see on that. And uh, but uh, the Kimbe Mutombo uh, made his mark in the NBA and also within the community, and so uh, congratulations to him. And uh, I know the Hawks are really proud of that accomplishment, and uh, they really do acknowledge those guys who have paved the way for so many other other players. And a couple of key guys who, of course, would like to pave the way, especially inside, are Al Horford and Mike Muscala. They're going to be called on quite a bit here inside, and even Mike Scott at the power forward position uh, with uh, Tiago Splitter out with a hip injury. And um, after the game against Boston, I asked uh, Coach Bud about that, you know, about, um, you know, the uh, situation with rebounding because they they actually had the rebounding edge. But most games, the Hawks struggle in rebounding. And so, uh, but that night it was, it was, it was something that uh, the Hawks were able to actually get better on the board. And so that's always a great accomplishment there. So they were able to uh, uh, have a great rebounding effort against Boston. Here's Coach Bud and what he had to say about the rebounding effort. When we rebound and um, we take care of the glass and we play with that kind of energy, then that's kind of finishing your defense. You don't you don't get a stop until you get the board. And so we got to continue to do that. Yes, and of course, finishing is key. And I think the Hawks against Memphis are going to have a tough task against uh, Memphis in this one. But uh, we'll see. Uh, now, on these three games here, the Hawks, like I said, they have a tough task. Minnesota, that game with them, Minnesota was two games under 500. But now, of course, they're only one game under. You've got Memphis playing good basketball at home, like I mentioned. And you've got. San Antonio, who's doing very well, you know, but at the same time, which one of these games on the road can the Hawks win? I'm going to have to say it's going to be Friday night, yes, against Memphis. Saturday on a back-to-back against San Antonio is going to be very tough. And then you come home against Oklahoma City on Monday. The Hawks have had a grueling schedule, and you cannot count this team on a on a consistent basis to really put – a a a a 100 mile an hour effort 
into every game because they played a lot of games, and they really have, and it's probably catching up with them now. San Antonio is first in the Southwest Division at 12-3, and three, so that game on Saturday is going to be very, very tough. So that's why I said I think the game that the Hawks get would be Friday night in Memphis. And just think if the Hawks lose these games, you're 10-7 and seven now, you lose to Memphis, you're 10-8. and eight. Lose to San Antonio, you're 10-9. You come home and lose to Oklahoma City, you're 10 and 10 and 500. And that's where the Hawks do not want to be, especially. They do not. They don't want to be there, no. And uh, But I think the Hawks, they have to get out to a fast start in all these games, setting the tone. And another thing that Coach Bud has said about Jeff T, that he he likes to attack. He attacks. He wants him to attack. And I think Jeff can do that. You get Jeff and then you get Dennis Schroeder in the mix. Hopefully Paul Millsap can uh, be good on the inside with starting as well, uh, with rebounding. Uh, I think this team can can do a lot. Of course, your starting guys inside will be uh, Paul Millsap and uh, Al Horford. Coming out of the bench, you've got uh, Mike Muscala. Uh, you know, hopefully he can, you know, contribute, uh, get in the uh, offensive as well as defensive ends of the rebounds. Uh, you just you get, you're gonna need a whole team effort. You're gonna need a whole team effort, especially with like I said, Tiago Splitter out. Uh, not saying that Mike Scott will move on to that center position, but of course that power power forward position is gonna be key, especially uh, with with you playing these Western Conference teams right now. So, like I said, the, the Hawks have Memphis today here Friday, November 27th. Then you got San Antonio Saturday. Tip off is at 8:30 on Saturday the AT&T Center in San Antonio. And uh, then on Monday, Oklahoma City, who's 10-6, and 6, they come in and uh, they come into Phillips Arena at 8 p.m. on Monday. And then you have on Wednesday at 8 p.m., uh, Toronto comes in. They're first in the Atlantic Division uh, at 10-6 and 6 as well. So um, I think, you know, Toronto, they're going to be a, a force to reckon with. But... Uh, Wow. You know, I, I think the Hawks do have their hands full, but I think they can really take these teams here coming up, especially after they get home. But you don't want to be 500, that's for sure. That's for sure. And I, and I, I think, like I said, the Hawks will get that win on Friday against Memphis. So uh, we'll see a lot of basketball to be played. They could go undefeated in another month of the season, all December for all we know, or even January like last year. But that remains to be seen, and hopefully they can do that and get more aggressive, especially on the re- on the rebounding edge and in the paint in the middle of the of the floor as well with uh, transition basketball and pushing the ball up-tempo. All right, well, that's going to do it for this edition of Taylor Made Sports. Thank you so much for joining me, and thank you for supporting Taylor Made Sports with Kevin Taylor. Got to thank the uh, media staff of the Atlanta Falcons and also the Atlanta Hawks for contributing uh, for this program of Taylor Bay Sports. Also, uh, uh, head coach Dan Quinn of the Atlanta Falcons and also head coach Mike Budenholzer of the Atlanta Hawks. Make sure that you check out Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at KevinTaylor98, and that's where you'll be able to find me and everything that's coming up under Taylor Bay Sports with Kevin Taylor. Until next time, my friends, I'm out.